Have you ever wondered what happened to Lance Von Erich? Find out in his book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read stories about Chris Adams, Ric Flair, and Billy Jack Haynes. And of course, the Von Erich family themselves. Get your book today on Amazon. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry. Earlier this year, I had the opportunity to interview both Ricky and Soraya Knight. And after the interview, Soraya stuck around and we had a conversation. And today I have that audio for you. And I hope you sit back and enjoy. This is Soraya Knight on the Russellville Podcast. Before you met Ricky, what was your impression of pro wrestling? Um, I'd only ever been to one wrestling show, and that was with Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks when I was very young. So I, I remember going with my mum, but I was very, very small, probably about eight or nine. So it was the furthest thing from my mind, to be honest. I didn't really pay it much heed. I was a runner. So I used to do um, high jump as well. Um, I ran for... Uh, I, I was in the England squad, but I was always in kind of the reserves. I didn't quite make it to the first team, never got called up, but I was uh, 800 metres, 1,500 metres, 3,000, cross country. And uh, I was pretty good at high jump, long jump. So I do a lot of pentathlon. And um, we didn't really do decathlon in those days. But when you're younger, you kind of are able to do, like, do the, the decathlon that the boys do. So I was a good all-rounder. So athletics was more my thing, to be fair. What was it about wrestling that made you want to be a part of it? My husband, literally. Um, I met him. Uh, I, I mean, if he'd been a, a jockey, I would have got into horses. It was just the fact that he was a pro wrestler and he was away so much because he was such a big name. He was away every single night. And I'd moved from my home area to his area, which is miles away. Um, so a completely different area of England. I moved to be with him and I wasn't with him because he was on the road all the time. So I either had to pack my case and go with him and learn the job so that we could stand a chance of being together or call it a day, really, because he was so big, he, he was never at home. He could do a month on the road and come home for a day. So, you know, it was I just went on the road with him and then I, I earned my stripes by cooking and cleaning and washing and gophering, basically. Whatever the lads wanted, I waited on all of them hand and foot. So, so then they would get me... Rick would get me in the ring and then I'd earn my wrestling stripes by once the ring went up, which I had to put up, they'd then get me in the ring for about half an hour, three quarters of an hour, and rush me through different things. And then I'd manage to learn about 360, like making sure that you've got your wits about, you learn how to fight really, and learn how to read the crowd and how to bring the crowd up and take them down. And the manipulation and the orchestration of wrestling is where, is where I learned that side of it. And then they taught me the in-ring um, as, as I went on the, on the road with them. So I had a tough, tough upbringing in the job. What is it that you like so much about wrestling? Um, it's the numbers. It's the, the mathematics involved. Everything with uh, wrestling is ratios. And uh, I love the, the, scientific, the scientific aspect of wrestling. So I study it all the time. I study it. Um, I'll see a move. Like someone will walk down the road and I'll see a movement. And straight away, I'm linking wrestling moves to it in my head. And then I'll have to write it down somewhere. And I've got a book with scraps of paper in it with all these different ideas. 
and then I generate movesets and matches and my brain explodes with different ways the body can move where I can incorporate wrestling with the movement. So um, I'm very scientifically and numbers minded and I find wrestling fascinating as a generalized sport. Um, it's not like any other sport. With, with wrestling, it's, it's violence, it's manipulation, orchestration, there's your acting, there's acting within the moves, there's the moves that's an acting part, there's a storyline you've got to do, there's the, the working with the crowd, the timing of the match, the, your footwork, your, your balance, all of these things have got to be on par for you to actually go and do one single move. And I find that extremely fascinating that the body and the mind can actually do that all in one go. It's not like boxing where you've got to keep your guard up or running a race where you've got to go as fast as you can to the finish. It's been able to tell a story using violence in your body without physically allowing your, not allowing your opponent to walk, not work the next day, but to orchestrate in such a way that the crowd can take you seriously as a fighter. And all of those things coming together completely fascinates me with wrestling. And I think that's why I latched onto that more than I have any other sport in my life. So it's um, a very interesting journey. You never stop, ever stop learning. In. What do you think it takes to be a successful wrestler? Self-belief is the one and only thing I believe it takes to become a wrestler. Because if you can believe you can do it, you can. That's literally it. If you, if you want to be a wrestler, the only person stopping you doing that is you. So as long as you believe you can do it and you, you're prepared to fail, because you've got to fail a million times before you get it right, but then once you get it right, you'll get it right and you can move on to the next mistake. Because every single thing starts as a mistake until you correct it and get it right. So you've got to be prepared to still believe in yourself when you're making crazy mistakes. And uh, it, 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 it will see you through, but wrestling is about... It's a learning curve every time you step in the ring. Do you think that wrestling has changed over the last 20 or 30 years or, or since you've been in, since you've started? Wrestling has to evolve and evolve it does. We call it Madonna syndrome because Madonna changed her ways, her looks, her music, her sound to fit in with the wave. And every 10 years, wrestling takes a different turn. Um, especially when uh, with the influence of other companies from around the world coming in with your, you know, like with Mexico and the indie scene in, in America and um, the, the old days of the, the gimmick being what got you through in WWE with your, your every, everyone had to have a gimmick, had to play a part, had to be someone that they weren't in real life, a larger than life character. Whereas nowadays, it's all about athleticism and um using the ropes and the corner posts, where in our day, the ropes and the corner posts were something that you'd do occasionally because it wasn't needed. Whereas in nowadays, everyone's wrestling involves rope work and corner post work, which is very difficult for people that aren't agile enough to do that. So, you know, they tend to fit into our vein or go into hardcore. Um, but wrestling has changed because people have evolved. As, as, a, as a world, we've evolved. And we've got little bits of every single style now across the world because borders are open. Wrestlers are able to travel and learn from different, different areas and different, different countries. So they're taking what they learn abroad back home, which then develops into another style. And before you know it, wrestling amalgamates into a cruiserweight style, an indie cruiserweight, which is basically what 85% of the world right now is doing. And then you get your 15%, which is your oddballs 
which um, have to go down a different vein because they aren't fit enough or agile enough to do the running, jumping, flipping, bumping style, which now has taken over. Um, so it has to change. You might not like the change, but why bother going with the flow? Why not just be different? You don't have to accept the change because it's there. Be the oddball, which is uh, definitely where we are. Do you think there's more opportunities for women in pro wrestling today? I think women have taken over the scene, to be honest. Um, I do think that, that men now are the byproduct that the women were. And I think women now are at the forefront and people are more interested in what's going on in that scene than they are in the men's scene, which to me is disappointing because women want to be taken seriously and put on par with. They never wanted to be better than the men because the men are better in some instances than the women. I'm not saying that the women aren't good because they're bloody brilliant. They really are. But you've got to remember that it was a men's world first. And all, we, all the women wanted to do is be taken seriously. And now I think it's kind of overstepped because we should be on an equal playing field. I don't think one gender, I think if you're going to fight, you're going to fight. Um, I don't think, I've seen many women that can put blokes on their ass, but I've also seen a lot more men that can do that, can put a woman down. But in a fight scene, especially wrestling, I think it should be, to a certain degree, if, it's, if they're the same weight, I think it should be seen as an equal contest. But um, women do have to be careful because you've, if you want to be taken seriously, then you've got to act appropriately. And that's in every avenue on every marketable space. So don't shout from the rooftops if people are begrudging what you're doing, because the higher you get up the ladder, the more shit you're going to get. Do you, do you think women are treated fairly in wrestling these days? I do think men are on a higher wage bracket, which that's just how it is. Um, I think the, the women's wage bracket has come up tremendously. And I think that they're, they're at a notable stage now because they can name their price. So I think that's really good. But I do believe that the men, I'm not saying treated unfairly, but the storylines are lacking in the men's department because the storylines are so um, vibrant in the women's. Um, and I think that, you know, I mean, I'm not saying it's in every company, but um, they have to be careful that the women don't overtake the men in their company because that would be a shame. Um, keep it on a level pegging. Since I've been watching wrestling, which is, for 40 years. So I've seen wrestling evolve. You know, it was, you know, there was the territory scene here in the United States. And then it was, um, you know, WCW and WWE. Those were like the main companies. A couple of big companies would come up, but then you would have, um, you know, and then before you know it, you wake up and there's all these independent wrestling promotions all over. It's kind of like- How wonderful. How- it, amazingly wonderful yeah it's kind of like the um like the territory systems come back in a sense right but package well, yeah. i mean look how big game changer is now they're 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 huge now and uh i mean there's 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 many many promotions out there that are really raging but game changer seems to be really coming up the ranks i mean i've i've worked for them they're very good they've they've got a great etiquette and a great great work ethic and the people that are in charge definitely know their stuff I'm 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 all for it. If there, if there's if there's work out there and there's many independents out there, go learn, get out there. And the more independence, the more chance you've got of learning and going on with different people and and fulfilling whatever dream it is that you want to do. So the journeyman style of wrestling is back. Um, the people that are prepared to go around the world and ply their trades and not necessarily go over and not necessarily be a superstar, but look at longevity in the job. And the way you do that is by 
go to every single territory with all of these hundreds of thousands of independent promotions and, and enjoy it because there's enough of a platform. It's not a closed unit anymore. There's, in, in, in our area, we've got at least two handfuls of, of wrestling companies and it was unheard of, we were it. And now there's, there's a lot more around us, but rather than compete against them, we bring them into the fold and go, yeah, we can help you if there's anything we can do. You know, so a lot of the bigger companies are now learning, don't poo-poo the smaller companies because sometimes they produce a little diamond in the rough that come to you because you're a step up the ladder and then you can form the stars. And the only way you can do that is to make sure you've got lots of little feeder groups that you can look at the talent and see what you can produce. So I welcome as many companies as possible, get out there, do it. Just make sure you've got the right things in place and protect everybody. Listen to what the wrestlers say. If there's something going on, deal with it. If they, you know, if you want to get your crowd in, you've, you've got to be, you've got to make sure that you're honest and that you, you, you make sure that your, your promotion is held in esteem. You know, so you look after your back room, you look after your front of house and you make sure your licenses are in order and that no one can come to you and say that you're doing something wrong or someone says something about you. If they do, cover that hole. Get it fixed. Whatever it is, get it fixed. So it's a promotion nowadays is a lot harder than it was in the old days. In the old days, a lot of things you didn't want to get involved in. You turned a blind eye because you didn't want the, the, the stuff that comes with it and the drama. Nowadays, people won't stand for that drama. It's jumped on. And I welcome that. So that's, that's the, I think, the biggest change in, in wrestling at the moment is there's nowhere to hide. And I think that's, that's a wonderful thing. So just make sure every promotion that's out there has that, that place that someone can go if they feel under threat. So bring them on, all of them. <laughs> 30 or 40 years from now, when, when people are sitting around talking about wrestling and Soraya Knight's name comes up in that conversation, what would you like people to remember you by in, in from your career? Um, well, I'd like to be generally remembered um, as, as someone that could entertain and give value for money. And I'd like my work to be appreciated. I think that's everybody's legacy is just to, you know, appreciate my work, what I've done. I'm, I'm, I'm odd. I've got a completely different style to, anyone else out there um so i'd like to be i would like to be remembered for that but i'd also like to be remembered for not the mistakes made but the chances given and and what i've done that's good in the business rather than someone turn around and say something that i've said or something i've done to overshadow the good that i've done you know i just want to be remembered fondly with a, a smile than a frown to be honest Thank you very much. That was that was very good. No worries, my friend. No worries. It's good talking to you. Yeah, it's very good talking to you too. Thank you so much. Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Luke, Bobby Fool. The, the Pro, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Vault, Vault Volume, Volume 1. 1. Bill Dundee, Super Mex Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, Russellville. it's a wrestling, wrestling.